Hi everyone. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be able to share the word with you today. Um, uh, I really miss you guys. Uh, I'm kind of sad I'm not, I haven't been able to see you guys in person, but I know that in the spirit we're all together. And so, yeah, I'm just excited to share the word with you today. So, um, so actually before we start, I would just like to pray for us. God, we just, we just thank you for your goodness. God, we just thank you for who you are. And Lord, we just pray that may you just open our hearts and open our minds to receive your word. Um, Father, you are good, and we just pray that may we see your goodness every day in our lives. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, yeah, so it's a word in my heart for you guys today, um, something that I've just been meditating on and just been um, meditating on and praying over. And so I hope that it will bring encouragement to you today. And so, um, you know, something I've been thinking about lately is that when I have conversations with people, um, we have conversations about who God is, right? Um, and what's very interesting is, and I think we all experience this throughout our journeys, um, but we start to read the Bible and we start to feel like, wow, like the God that I read in the Old Testament is so different from the God that I read about in the New Testament. And sometimes I think in our journeys, like we, there's this tension that we're trying to understand like who this God is, right? On the one hand, we, in the Old Testament, right, we read about this, this what, what it seems like a very wrathful God, like a very harsh God that just punishes people, right? If they don't follow the rules. But on the other hand, the God of the New Testament, right? We feel like, oh, this God is a loving God, forgiving God, right? And so what we begin to do in our minds is that we begin to separate this God. And we say that this is the God of the Old Testament, and we say this is God of the New Testament. But what I want to share with you guys today is that this is the same God, yes. and that there are these tensions that try to pull this God apart, but there's this thread that like really, like, really shows that this God is one God. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. And so I kind of want to go over some passages with you guys today. And um, the first one uh, I want us to read that shows this tension, right, is in Exodus uh, chapter 34, verse 6 to 7. And it says, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, yeah. slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands or even to thousands generations wow. and forgiving wickedness and sin right and so most of the time i think we read this this verse and yeah. we just stop right there and it's so easy to connect with this god right this god in this passage but as we keep reading let's keep reading about this right and yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished yeah. he punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation. Yikes, right? Like, wow, right? Like, these two verses, like, seem so opposite, right? There's this, like, loving God, right? And yeah. then the following verse is like, oh, this wrathful God that will punish not only us for our sins, but our children, our children's children. Like, God, like, wow. Like, how can I make sense of these two verses, like are they yeah. even talking about the same God, right? Yeah. But um, what's very interesting is I think that there's this one 
line in the verse that ties these two tensions together. And that's the line where it says, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. And so, um, yeah, what's very interesting is when you read that line, right, in that verse, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished, that's his justice. And so I kind of want to briefly go over what this justice is just to help us understand. That's not the main point um, of the sermon today, but just to give us an understanding, right? This yeah. this justice that ties these tensions together. Yeah. And, um, you know, the word justice in the Bible is it's very interesting. It's, so it's mishpat, but um, it can't really be easily defined in like a sentence, right? But it the word mishpat, like, is used throughout Bible throughout the Bible in many different um, contexts, yeah. right? And so, um, so for example, um, retributive justice, right? Um, it's like getting something that you deserve, whether it's your due rewards or even your punishment, right? So if you worked a certain amount of hours, you you're like you deserve a certain amount of money, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of like getting what you deserve, right? So if you you know, you get into a fight with someone and you harm someone, right? There's justice that you, you know, you kind of have to get punished for your crime, right? And so um, justice can also be used about how king will rule their people. So there's a sense of justice in how the kings rule, right? And so, um, um, and justice though, if we were to sum it up, right? It's about restoring and repairing relationships, Um, not just between people, but between us and God, yeah. right? And so, um, and that's a restorative justice. And I think that's the restorative piece of it is the main, when we look at the word justice that's used in the Bible, that's when it's used mainly, right? Restorative justice, right? In a restorative manner. And when we look at justice, sometimes that word is actually paired with mercy. Um, and so, and when it's compared with just when it's paired with justice and mercy, that's like social justice. Right? Yeah. That's kind of where that comes from. Wow. And so, um, you know, I want to kind of want to go back to that passage, and you know, like God is a loving God and He's a compassionate God, but yet He's a God that is just. And so there's that line, that thread of justice that holds these two tensions together. Mm-hmm. And so um, there are two things that I want to share with you guys today. Um, and I hope that by the end of the sermon, like, I can lead you guys there. And so um, the first thing is that God is a God that remains the same throughout time. Right? And I think it's easy for us to kind of look at that passage in Exodus and think, like, that's the God of the Old Testament. But I worship the God of the New Testament. But actually, the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. And so, um, so first point, God is a God that remains the same throughout time. And so through our ups and our downs and our highs and our lows and the valleys and the wilderness and the desert, he's actually the same God and he remains the same. And um, even though he remains the same, what's very interesting is that how he does certain things might look like it's changing throughout the Bible. But 
um, maybe a different perspective to have instead of thinking that, oh, God just does things differently in the past than he does now. I think maybe a different way to see it is like to think of it as a story that unfolds. So when you read a story, right, like what happens is a story begins to unfold and it gets deeper and deeper, right? The story, when we read the story in Genesis, it's not the end, it's not done, right? And so we, as we keep reading the Bible and it gets deeper and deeper, like it climaxes at Jesus. Yeah. Right? So Jesus is the climax of the story. Yeah. And so um, what is the story, right? And the story is that in Genesis 3, right, like there's the fall of man, right? Because God has created this like beautiful world, right, for us to commune with him. But in Genesis 3, we see the fall of man. And so since Genesis 3, that fall of man, God has been on a move to bring his people to himself. And so the story goes and goes, right? And people get deeper in sin and we see like, you know, nations, right? Like they're exiled because they fall away from God, right? And because they disobey him, right? But the story, it climaxes at Jesus. And that's when he comes and... He brings redemption to the yeah. world. And so um, I want to show you that God is the same God, that even in Genesis 3, right, that it says, um, and it's not, it's not on the slide, but it, it says, I'll read it to you guys in Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman yeah. and between your offspring, which is the seed and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel, right? And so God is talking to the serpent, right? At that point when he said, you crush your head, right? Since the beginning of time in John, um, since the fall of man, mm-hmm. since John, uh, since, sorry, Genesis 3.15, like God has already put a plan to yeah. like bring people to himself, right? Like that head, that, that, that snake crusher, right? That's Jesus, that's Jesus, right? And so since the beginning of time, God has already made a move and he's the same. And it was just a story that continues to unfold and yeah. it continues to climax. And so that's the first point, that God remains the same, even from the beginning of time, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So uh, as we move on into redemptive history, Right? We see God still remains the same, and he still continues to move yeah. to bring people to himself. And actually, one of the ways that God moves to be with his people and to bring people to him mm-hmm. is through the prophets. Yeah. And so, um, so I want to go over briefly, like, what and who are the prophets, yeah. right? And so I think... At least for myself, right? Like when I came to first came to Living Hope, I've actually never really, like I, I you know, knew of the prophets because I read in the Bible, but we've actually never really, like in my past, never really learned much about like you know the prophetic word or even the prophets, right? And so when I've heard people say that they have the gift of prophecy, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, someone that can tell the future, right? Oh, someone like you think of like a like maybe like a fortune teller, right? Or like someone that like can see into the future. And that means they're prophetic. But actually, that's not it. Like when you read the Bible, that's not actually the work of the prophets, right? There's some parts of it, and I'll kind of go into that later. But um, 
Generally, the role of the prophets is to speak on behalf of God, right? So the word actually uh, prophet in Hebrew means is navi, right? And so when it's translated, it means one that speaks for another, right? And so um, who are some of the well-known prophets in the Bible, right? Moses and Aaron. And Aaron was a prophet because he actually spoke on behalf of Moses, right? When Moses was scared and he was like, God, don't send me, send someone else, right? So he brings Aaron, Aaron to speak like on, on behalf of Moses. Um, we know Elijah and Elisha, right? There's Jeremiah, right? And Daniel. Yeah. And um, Daniel is really interesting because... Um, so in our modern day, like when we read the Bible now, he, his word is considered like prophetic writing. Yeah. But actually in the Hebrew Bible and um, how it was compiled, uh, Daniel is not like considered prophetic word, right? And I think one of the things that make word prophetic, right, in the Hebrew Bible is if a prophet says, thus says the Lord. Right. So there's an emphasis on speaking on behalf of God. Right. But because in Daniel's writing, he doesn't say, thus says the Lord, like yeah. they didn't really include him in the prophetic writing. But in the New Testament, they did see Daniel as a prophet. Yeah. And so that's why in our, you know, in our modern day, like in our English Bible, right, how it's compiled is that Daniel is part of the prophets. Right. So, um, so thus says the Lord is a hallmark of prophetic writings. Right. So, um, but sometimes in these prophetic writings, there is, um, they did tell the future and that's when God reveals it to them, mm -hmm. right? But um, that wasn't exactly their main gifting and their main gifting was just to speak on behalf of God, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, so in the Old Testament, like God still desired to be with his people and to speak to his people, right? Yeah. So he sent the prophets, and um, yeah, and we see throughout the Bible as that as the people, like whole nations fell away and as kings and leaders turned away from God, what the prophets did was they stepped in and they spoke on behalf of God and they turned people back to the covenant, right? And so like, what is the covenant that like I'm talking about, right? And what, um, so during this time in the Old Testament, um, the people were under the Mosaic covenant. And when we say Mosaic covenant, that's the law that's given to the people through Moses. And that's why we say the Mosaic covenant or we say the Synactic covenant. Um, and, um, and this was what was the law that was really followed by the people. And what's very interesting is that I think when we read the Torah, which is the, the first five books is considered the law, like when we read it, I think an instinct is that it feels as if like it's harsh. Like God, like you, you just tell us to do things and to follow it. Like why? Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, right? You seem like a harsh God, right? But actually the heart of it is that the covenant is actually a gift. Yeah, the law true. that the people held was actually a gift, right? And this gift, it allowed the people to be with God. Yeah. And so this gift set the Israelites apart from other yeah. nations, right? So it's a gift. It's supposed to be a gift. And I think sometimes like we take certain things that are supposed to be a gift and in our mind, it becomes a curse. Mm. But actually it's a gift because it allowed 
um, the Israelites to be with God. It allowed Israelites to be a treasured possession. And so, um, yeah. Uh, so what does this, what does this have to do with anything, right? And so, if you understand um, the covenants, right, that the people followed, what ended up happening was that we see throughout the Bible that the Israelites turned away from the covenants. They turned away and they decide to follow after gods like their surrounding nations, right? But what happens? God sends the prophets. God sent the prophets to yeah. go talk to the people yeah. on behalf of him, calling the people to come back to him, mm. calling the people to turn their hearts to him. Right? Um, so when we read the prophets, I think a lot of times that we read, we, we sense rebuke, which a part of it is, right? These people were like, like these prophets were telling the people to turn back to God, turn back to God, turn from your idolatrous ways, yeah. right? Turn back to God. Yeah. But you know what's very interesting? As much as they spoke these words of rebuke, right? That seemed harsh. They always, they always spoke a word of hope. That's good. They always spoke wow. a word of hope, right? I'll give you an example. So in, um, in Jeremiah, right, I think one of the, the harshest things that the Israelites went through because of their disobedience, mm -hmm. and remember going back to the beginning, justice, right? There's this justice that like ties these tensions together, right? Because God is a good God, but he's also just, right? And so the Israelites, they turned away from God, right? And, they, and the worst punishment that actually they went through was exile. So they were taken from their land, right? a place where they worshipped, a place where they had their community and they lived their life, and they were exiled. And that was the worst punishment that they can go through, right? But even in then, here's the interesting thing, right? God still sent a word of hope, even in their exile. Yes. And so this is what it says in um, Jeremiah 29, if we can have that slide up. Um, this is what the Lord, the God of uh, the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your son and give your daughters in marriage so that they too might, may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Wow, right? Even in exile, God was saying, there's going to be prosperity. Pray for prosperity. Even in your punishment, in your exile, there's going to be prosperity, right? And I think this is amazing. I think this is so amazing because many times when we get punished, no one gives you a blessing, right? If you go to jail, no one says, settle down. It's all good, right? Like you're going to prosper, says no one, right? And when you think actually uh, uh, in Russia, a long time ago, like in Russia, one of the worst punishments that actually they can give was to exile people. So exile people into like Siberia and what ends up happening is it's so cold, right? Like people like end up like dying because the conditions are so harsh. And so it's interesting. The point of exile, like no one will tell them to prosper, right? 
But God, in His goodness, even in exile, He sent the prophets to say, to tell them that they will prosper, that they will still live lives of goodness, right? And so I think when you look at overall the book of the prophets and when we look at Jeremiah, the first like 28 chapters was about like people like, like, you know, Jeremiah telling people Re- like, repent, repent, right? Because if not, you're gonna get exiled. But nobody believed him. So what ended up happening? They went into exile, right? But then the rest of the book in Jeremiah, like Jeremiah talks about restoration. He talks about hope, right? Yeah. Hope for future. And that's where that popular verse comes in, right? That would give you hope in the future, yeah. right? And this is like God was speaking hope yeah. in a situation that seems hopeless, yeah. right? And so, yeah. So two chapters later, I know this is, this is a lot, but I kind of want to, Drive it in, right? It, it says in Jeremiah 31, um, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenants I made with um, their ancestors, right? And they're talking about the Mosaic covenant right here. That's going to be different. Uh, when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. Yeah. And here's the thing. He says, I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their, or on yes. their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Right? God knew that these people could not follow like, the laws right, that he had for them. And he knew that, but God desperately desperately wanted to be with his people and even in like exile you know what god did god made a new covenant with the people yeah. you know what that new covenant is wow. it's jesus <laughs> it's yeah. jesus right even yeah. in times when these people should be punished right and should be exiled god spoke a word of wow. hope and says i will make you a new promise wow. and that promise is jesus and that is the day jesus is the new covenant he is the new covenant and that is why in our hearts we are able to follow him right and so think about it like even at their worst even in the punishment that they deserved yeah. like god could have just brought them to exile for like 70 years and be like you guys are going to get punished for 70 years yeah. 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 but instead god god is a just god right and so in his punishment he still provides hope and says I will give you a new covenant and he's saying that's his son I'm gonna send my son to save you right and so wow that hope is Jesus right Jesus is the promise of the new covenant and that one day people will be able to follow God because of the law that will be written on their hearts right so the mosaic law was written on tablets but the new law through Jesus will be written on their hearts be written on flesh and so we see that this is a major trend in the prophets, right? They call people, turn back, turn back, turn back to God, turn back to his ways. Yeah. But yet, they still spoke words of hope. They still spoke words of hope. And so I really, I really, my prayer, my hope for you guys is that 
you know, when you guys come to God and you guys read the word, that you will see his blessing and promises, even in moments where maybe there is rebuke. Maybe yeah. God is drawing us, he's drawing this nation yeah. like deeper, like and sometimes it is through pun like through rebuke and turning from our ways. Yeah. But even through that correction, yeah. he always offers hope. Amen. And so you know, the second point, right, that I want to share with you guys is be a people that speak words of hope. Mm-hmm. Speak words of hope, right? And so, um, yeah, I, you know, I kind of want to share like a, a quick story. Um, you know, when I would, I came to know Jesus when I was in high school. And what's very interesting is that when I first came to meet Jesus, like that was one of the I, worst I don't want to say worst times in my life, but the most painful. I felt like everything was just like crumbling, like my life was crumbling down. And I think it was because I started to see that how messed up my life was. And I remember I was like just going through a time and I remember I sat there like in the cafeteria. I still remember this very clearly. Um, one of the youth leaders like came up to me and honestly, he, he didn't say much. And all he did was he just read Romans 8.28 to me. And he said, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I think at that moment, it was as if everything made sense. Like everything just made sense now. Like God has called me to his purpose and everything is working out for a reason. And the reason why I want to share this with you guys is that don't miss that opportunity to speak a word of hope to people. Like God might use you to be that person to speak a word of hope, right? Here at Living Hope, at Sons and Daughters, what we believe, what we believe, our vision, like our mission statement is that we believe in sons and daughters that prophesy. And this is what prophesying is, that you are speaking on behalf of God, that you are speaking a word of hope on behalf of God. And so... Got to wrap it up, right? My two points, right? First, know that God remains the same throughout time. He's the God of the Old Testament, but he is the God of the New Testament. And that the story is just unfolding. The story is just unfolding. So in moments where we question God and we question his goodness, remember that in the times of goodness, in the times of mountaintop, like he's still the same God. And um, the second one is to be a people that speaks words of hope, right? It says in Joel 2.28, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Yeah. Your sons and your daughters Amen. will prophesy. Yeah. And that time is now. Yeah. That time is now for us to speak words of hope into a dark situation. Amen. For us to speak words of hope into a situation that just feels so low. So, um... Yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, just as we, I mean, Kama has been over, and <laughs> we're just gonna wrap up this time. But uh, yeah, you know what's very interesting about speaking, speaking the word that God's given you. Honestly, I kind of struggled up to today. Yeah. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I think I went through times where I was like, God, JJ, like, you will be, you will always have the word. Even if I back out Saturday night, you will have the word. And I remember I was just praying to God, and I was like, God, this word is not good. It's like, God, this word is not good. Mm-hmm. And at that moment mm-hmm. when I said that, I felt this strong, like, mm-hmm. like calling to repent. 
because revelation is a gift from God. That's right. And I think at that That's moment, right. I was like, God, like, wow, I repent. I'm sorry because I said that what you have given me is not good. Mm. And um, I want to share that because I think a lot of times when God tells us to speak words of hope to other people, sometimes, I don't know if you guys you know feel the same way but i'm just like it's not mm. good it's not good right mm. but revelation is yeah. a gift from god and that gift is good that gift is always good so speak words of hope yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like spirit of the lord in this moment like he's here like yeah if you guys had joined us at shift and worship like spirit of the lord is here so right now i just want you wherever you're at just to close your eyes right now and invite him into the space where you are that's the, that's the first thing. Just invite him into the space where you are right now because I believe he's having a conversation with you through the preached word, through worship right now. And so now it's the time to respond. And I just feel like right now, for many of you, like you want to have hope, but you feel like, oh, it doesn't make sense to. Like, oh, you know, like it's kind of fake if I act like it. Or like, oh, it doesn't, it, it's not logical because if I look around, there's no, um, there's no end in sight. So there's no point to say that I have hope because if someone asks me why, I don't have a logical reason. But I feel the spirit of the Lord saying right now, it's time to shift that. It's time to turn that mentality. It's time to turn that mentality where if I say that it is, that's a good enough reason. If I say that it is and I made you a promise, that's a good enough reason to have hope. That's the only reason that you need. So right now, church, I just want you just to close your eyes right now and just to begin to just ask God for a promise right now. Ask God for a hope. Like, Lord, I want hope. Give me a word that I can hold on to. Give me hope right now because I will believe you at your word. I'll believe that if you said it, it will happen. I believe you say it, it is true. So right now, just begin to pour out your heart, to open your heart right now and say, Lord, give me a word. Give me a promise right now. And if you can't think of one, it's okay because you know what? My wife just gave you one. It was in Jeremiah 29 that even in exile, which is a pretty good analogy for where we're at right now with COVID-19, even in the midst of COVID-19, you will prosper. You will prosper. There is hope. So even if you can't think of one right now or you don't feel like one is coming to you, one has already been given to you right now. So church, just begin to pray over that right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just feel the Lord saying, believe this word. And I feel I'm challenging you. Do you believe this word? Because before you can speak it over somebody else, he's saying, do you believe it? Have you taken this word? Have you eaten this word? Have you received this word right now? Do you really believe that I can make you prosper in the middle of COVID-19? And I feel like for many of you, I'm just feeling like, I'm just hearing people who are saying, I can't get a job in this season. It's impossible. Because the economy is not good. Companies aren't hiring. I hear the Lord saying, do you believe that I can give you prosperity in the mm. middle of this season. Yeah. I, 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 I hear people saying, yeah, yeah, you know, um, I don't know about my work situation. It, you know, they're cutting my hours. You know, even for you, some of you that are business owners, I know it's very difficult right now. I understand, but I feel, I hear the Lord saying, do you believe that I can prosper you mm-hmm. even yeah. in this season? That you don't have to wait until COVID is yes. over to yes. prosper. Do you believe that I can give you prosperity. If I say that it will happen, do you believe that it will happen in this season right now? So I just believe the Lord is asking you that right now. Would you just begin to just interact with Him and just begin to receive this word? And and you know what? Speak it over yourself first. You know what? Even like when Anna said, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you guys. A lot of times when I'm given a word, I don't believe it. Like, I don't believe it initially. Like, I have to preach it to myself first. And that's what a real prophet does. Sometimes prophets are giving crazy stuff to say. You're like, what? Like, 
you have to speak it over yourself first yeah. before you can speak it over someone else. So just begin to speak that word over yourself right now. I just feel the Lord saying that. Speak that word over yourself. Be a people who speaks words of hope. Do it for yourself first. Speak that word right now. And I know it's weird and I know you're in your room by yourself, but I just want you to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah, there is yeah. something powerful that happens when you hear your own voice, when you hear a sound, when you're not sitting in silence anymore, when you're not a slave to the thoughts that are running through your mind, but when you hear a sound, it brings clarity to your thoughts. Yeah, so just yeah. read that verse from Jeremiah 29. Just begin to read it over and over again. Just read it out loud yeah. as, you as you declare the words and you mm -hmm. hear yourself That's saying good. them. There is a clarity that happens in your own spirit and in your own mind yeah. when you hear the words, when you hear the words. And so I just want you guys just to do that right now. Yeah, just begin to interact with him right now. Jesus, Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Would you just convict hearts right now, God? We want to receive the hope that you have for us. We want to receive, Jesus, your words of hope and prosperity right now. We don't want to be a people, God, that are a slave to the current moment or a slave to the current situation, God. We want to have our eyes fixed on you, fixed on the word that you give to us, fixed on the promises that you give us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Man, church, I feel the Lord saying, yeah, I feel the Lord saying, it's, it's, it's time to turn. I feel him saying, it's time to turn. Not that we're gonna act like everything's okay, but there's a difference between pretending that everything's okay, but having a quiet confidence, a quiet confidence in the hope that you know that things are gonna get better. There's a difference. And I feel like God is saying, you don't have to pretend that things are, oh, it's all good and like and laugh all the time and like be like, oh yeah, I'm not worried about COVID. No, I don't think that's the point. But God is saying there's a difference between living in fear and having no hope and having just being stuck and saying, you know what, things look bad, but I have a confidence. I have a confidence because there's a God who is for me, who is with me, and who has never failed. And he told me this word, and I believe it. Mm -hmm. There's a quiet confidence that happens. And I, and I believe the Lord is saying, it's time, church, mm -hmm. that we live, that we wake up tomorrow morning, and we have that quiet confidence before things get better, that we are a people that live and hold ourselves that way. And when people see that, then they're gonna be like, whoa, why are you like that? Whoa, like what do you have? I want what you have. And then that's when you have that opportunity to speak words of life. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know we're going long, but there's, I feel like there's one more thing that God really put on my heart when you were preaching, Anna, that was so powerful. Did you guys catch the gravity of what she said? She said, justice is not just retributive, which means you get what you deserve, but justice is also restorative. Those two words together seem like opposites. They seem like oxymorons, but in the spirit of God, in his way, justice is both retributive and restorative. And how is that possible? And I think church, he's starting us on a journey into what that means. But I feel like in this moment, he's saying that when we strive for social justice in this moment, it's not just God, punish those wicked yeah, people. Yeah. God, punish those evil people. Punish the bad people who, 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 have these, who have these discriminatory thoughts, who have these stereotypes, who have these mm -hmm. implicit biases. Punish them, punish them, give them what they deserve. You know, punish those police officers, give them what they deserve. It is that, but we're missing the second half. I feel like the Lord is saying, it's not just, yeah. it's not just retributive. I will do that, I will punish them. But he's saying, do you have enough love mm -hmm. to offer them mercy after? Do you have enough love to be that prophet who speaks hope to them too after? Could you go to someone who has wronged you, who has, who has microaggressed you, 
who, who has said a racist statement yeah. to you. Yeah. And, and, and yes, I believe God should give them what they deserve. Yeah. But do you have enough love to say, but God, can you restore them too? Can you do both? And I feel like God is saying, I want to build that part of your heart. Can you do both right now? Can you pray for your enemies? Can you love your enemies and say, yes, Lord, give them their punishment because that will help them turn and repent. Mm -hmm. But Lord, give them mercy also and restore them to you. Do you have enough love in your heart for that? So right now, I just want to pray for that right now. Lord God, we we, we give our hearts to you right now, Jesus. Show us what your justice really looks like, that it is both retributive and restorative. Show us that beautiful balance, that unique balance where that tension is just right Mm -hmm. so that Lord we can restore our brother and sisters because the ultimate goal God is that we all become a people that are after your heart that we all become one people that worship you God Mm -hmm. so Lord would you show us how to do that in this season would you show us how to fight for that justice that is both retributive and restorative we want your heart Jesus in this season Mm -hmm. show us your justice Show us how to be like you. Lord, we love you. We honor you. And we thank you for being here with us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray.